God, I pray that they came seeking you this morning. God, that they, that they came seeking a change in their life. God, that's why I'm here. God, I want to change and I want to mold and allow you to mold me. God, I, I want to soften my heart. God, and I want my eyes to be open. God, whatever need is here this morning, God, I pray that you would meet it. God, and whatever worry or healing, God, whatever somebody is seeking this morning, God, I pray that we can find it in you. God, I truly am thankful, Lord, not only for this church, but the people that represent it, God, on a daily basis that are out there working, trying to find the lost, God, and, and show them your love. God, what a wonderful worship service we had, Lord, and, and Sunday school was great this morning. God, I, I pray that you would continue to move your spirit throughout this church this morning, God, and like I said, I just, I just pray this morning, God, that lives would be changed this morning. God, we need a change. God, help us to see more of you and, and less of us. God, as we go through this study, and God, I just, I just pray that you would use me in a way, God, that might make an impact. God, in each and every one of us, not just me, but we all have a witness. We all have a testimony, God, and we all have, have power through your son. God, I thank you so much. I know there's several people out this morning. God, I, I pray that you be with them this morning and uh, just lift them up. God, but I also pray that you be with each and every person here that made the effort to be here this morning. God, that you would bless them and bless their families. God, that they would make it back to their homes. God, we're just so thankful for the opportunity to, to come together, to fellowship together. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God's been trying to show me, man, really started way back at the first of the year, um, just to slow down. Uh, life gets busy. It gets fast. Uh, we got kids. We got a church. We got a school board. My wife's a teacher. We coach ball teams. Uh, we just, we do a lot. I know we're not the only people that do a lot. Um, but you can get really distracted by doing good things and miss great things. Um, the Lord has really showed me that this year. I, I stopped doing some things that I'd done last year to try to make room for, I just want to be better at what I do. You know, you can get spread so thin that you're not really good at anything. I got to that point in my life where I was just kind of mediocre at everything, and everything had a piece of my heart, but not all of my heart, and the Lord just kind of showed me, it's like, man, you need to be good at some stuff. Don't just be mediocre. Whatever you're going to apply yourself to, apply it and be good at it, and uh, a lot in my spiritual walk, you know, we, we run through the motions sometimes, and we get in this spiritual rut of just going through the motions and our prayers make it to about the ceiling and that's as far as they make it and, and that's if we have time to do it and, and do we really have a listening ear for what God would have for us or do we spend most of our time filling his ear with the things that we think we need uh, and I'm not hounding on you guys this is all stuff that I'm learning this year uh, I'm developing it in my walk with Christ and and I think it's important to take time and, and to just slow down and to realize what God is doing and what God has already done. A lot of times we, we go through trials and, and we walk through fires and we go through hard circumstances and then we get to the next and we're like, God, why this time? Why again? Why are we doing this? Um, but we forget that God walked us through the last one and because we call on Jesus' name, Guess what? He's going to walk us through the next one. We just got to settle down sometimes and we got to find God and know that he's with us. And if you're running so fast and, and your, your prayer life is short and you don't spend much time in God's word because you're just kind of flying through it, sometimes you miss what God is trying to tell you. Sometimes you run so fast, you run right by the things that God would have for you. Um, I am I am so guilty. And so this morning, 
in this last week, God has just, he has showed it to me. Uh, time and time again, I, I got an opportunity, and it didn't seem like an opportunity at the time. I had a, a fairly bad situation at work, and I had to go do some things. And anyway, I crossed paths with this old farmer. And uh, he started visiting, you know, like old farmers do, and, and telling me stories. And and uh, turns out he was a pastor at this church. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I, I really got to go. He's like, yeah, I, you're a busy man, I, I understand. And and then he would go into another segue and, and another story. And I'm sitting there, you know, checking my phone as my phone's blowing up with text messages and phone calls and, and emails. And I'm just like, All right, I, that's great, man, that's great. But I, I've really got to go. I really... He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then, man, down this, another rabbit hole. And I'm like, ah, this dude, I'm never going to get out of here. I'm going to have to just be rude and just leave. And as I leaned up against his truck, God just, he hit me with a hammer. He said, what is your hurry? This man's trying to have a conversation with you about me. And you're wanting to leave it to go back to what you think you need to be doing. And so, with his persistence in wanting to take the time for me, as I told him that, that I was a young pastor, and he had been pastoring a church for uh, going on 18 years, and he was trying to impart some godly wisdom on me and, and things that were happening, and I was... My mind was churning so fast with every time my phone would go off and, and different things like that that I was missing all this wisdom and things that this guy was trying to tell me that God had showed him because we're supposed to take the wisdom that God shows us and pass it on to the next generation. That's how things become generational. That's how you get five generations in one church because the, the older generation passed it on to the next generation and that generation pass it on to the next generation and when I realized at that moment God was telling me just listen just listen to what this guy has to say he's a child of mine and he's trying to help you and so as I started listening to what he was saying I put my phone on silent and I became involved in the conversation. And this guy had some funny stories. And he had had some, some real struggles on the way. And his church had been like a yo-yo. And up and down and around. And, and the main thing that he was trying to tell me is don't lose heart in your service for the Lord. Don't lose heart in whatever God has you doing in that season. Pay attention to what he has for you and give it your whole heart. And there I was struggling to give this guy even a piece of my time. He was trying to impart eternal wisdom to benefit not only me as a pastor, but to benefit me as a Christian to take time and listen to what God has for you. And when God tells you what he has for you, Put your whole heart into it. You know, my, my great-grandpa, I'm going to tell you just another quick story. My great-grandpa lived to be 96. And when my mom was taking care of him towards the end of his life, he would sit out on the porch and wait for me and my brother to get off the school bus. He graduated and, and all the way through the sixth grade. Um, taught high school after that. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Um, but he had seen a lot of things. Um, and the one thing he kept telling us, he had always complained about the lights were so bright at night in the house. It was just one of the things that he talked about. And he would always say, God made nighttime so that you could rest for the next day. God made the night so that you could rest for the next day. There's a time to work, and there's a time to rest. He said that's why the days are long in the summer, so you can plant and you can harvest. He said that's why it gets cold and the days shorten up in the winter, so that you can rest up for the next season. 
But you have to know when to take that rest. He said God divided it up for us. We invented ways to push on through that so we don't have to slow down. Who remembers when almost everything was closed on Sunday? And when I say everything, almost everything, even Walmart was closed on Sunday. But man creates the system where things have to happen on Sunday now. Now, because there might be a dollar loss, we have to be open on Sunday. People have to work on Sunday. We have to do these things on Sunday. Now, Jesus, he done things on Sunday, but it was to benefit the kingdom of God. And so as this world starts spinning faster and faster and faster, and it demands more of you, and it demands more of your time and more of your thoughts, and it takes away from your sleep, and it takes away from your focus, and it takes away from your relationships, and it takes away from your family. If we're not careful and we don't slow down, you may stop and realize that there's not a whole lot of people left around you. You may slow down to see that when you walked off, you left God back there. And now you're over here. I got to to officiate a wedding yesterday and actually got to take time to talk to some friends that I hadn't seen in quite a while. It's amazing what happens when you'll just take time, when you'll slow down, when you'll focus on the things that are important. And Jesus showed us this time and time again. He told us, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 31. It says, therefore, sake no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Man, a lot of times we spend, we spend a lot of time worrying. We spend a lot of time, anxiety takes over it. We're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and, and we're worried about planning for tomorrow and, and all these things takes off the vision of today how I'm preparing for what I've got to do for work tomorrow takes away from my time here today how you're thinking about what meal you're gonna have after you leave church today is taking away from what God has for you right now so when you have an instance when you have a moment that you can take and you can devote it to God or you can devote it to your family Take these times and devote your whole heart in these moments. And I believe this with all my heart. And what was just said in Scripture, that if you seek God's kingdom first and His righteousness, He will take note and knows everything that you need to function and that you need to live and need to support your ministry. He knows all these things. He knows what you have need of. But if we take our time and we devote it to the things that God would have for us, we don't have to worry about the rest. That's a great promise. That's a great promise. I'm not saying that you can go out and quit your job and you don't have to worry about that because God's going to take care of it. But God knows what we need. And if God is calling you to something, Go to it, and he's going to take care of everything else. When God first started calling me to, a, to the mission field to be a minister, which we should all be ministers, but to be a preacher, things started changing in my life. Things started changing in my life, and he set a fire to me that I might seek the things that he would have for me, that he would lay out for me. One preacher said it like this. He said, you know, God puts things on your timeline, and you've got to walk to them. 
You've got to say yes to God. You've got to follow what God wants. You have the opportunity to tell God no. You have the opportunity to say, God, not today. I haven't got time. God, not right now. I've got something else to do. God, not right now. I can assure you through a man's testimony that I've told a hundred times, but it hits so hard to me. There was an old man that told me that he was called to preach when he was 32. This man was like in his mid-80s, low 80s, and he was crying as he was sharing this testimony with me. And he said, I told God no because I wasn't ready at that time, and he never called me again. He said, I know at the age of 32, I missed out on a life that God had set up for me because I told him no, because I didn't have time, and I didn't want to. He said, now I know I have salvation through Christ Jesus, but I also know that I missed out on the best life for me and the best life for my family by telling God no when he called me to do something. He said, I didn't want to do it at the time. He said, I knew it, it took time, and I would have to spend more time in God's Word, and I would have to spend more time praying. And he's like, I just had to have time for that. I was trying to raise my kids. I had a job. Everything was crazy. He said, I just didn't have time for it right then. And God never called me to it again, and he was so sorrowful that 50 years later, he's still crying because of what he knew he missed. Because anytime we can live inside of God's will on our lives, that's the perfect place for us. It doesn't matter what you think you're doing good over here. If God is calling you to be over here, that is going to be the best thing for you. Nobody is here by mistake or by coincidence this morning. God called you to this church this morning to hear whatever he wanted you to hear. This message may hit three different people three different ways, but you have to surrender to the Spirit of God and listen to what he is telling you. He has been giving this message to me for the past eight months. I've been living this. Slow down, son. Slow down. You're missing the things that I have for you. You're missing the people that I have for you. And I can assure you that hit hard to me. That I might be missing the people that he's laying out for me. When we start thinking about eternal salvation. And you start missing those people. There's a lot of weight there. There's a lot of weight thinking that somebody might not hear about God because I didn't tell them. Because God put them on my walk that day, but I didn't have time. I didn't have time to do what God had for me. We have to slow down. When's the last time that you ever sat on your porch and stood in your driveway and watched the sun come up because you relished in the fact that God created these things so beautifully that we get to see them every day? When's the last time you, you took time to watch the sun go down and just sit there in awe and amazement, not thinking about what's coming next, not thinking about i got to get inside to cook supper or the house is a mess or i got to do the dishes, but just truly relishing in the fact of God's creation and the beauties that he gave us to look at so that we can see what he has done for us and what he is doing for us and the fact when we get to know him we can even see what he has coming for us and those are the beautiful beautiful things in Luke chapter 10 Jesus tells us of, of some things and and gives us lessons in the matter of slowing down it's kind of funny Everybody has, you know, when you read the Bible and you picture what's going on and you picture the text and the kind of the times and you get this visual in my head or maybe I'm the only one and I'm just weird. But when I see these things and I visualize these stories happening, I just, I don't know, I, I, God, God is awesome and, and Jesus was a spectacle, but I, I just envision him in my mind as this good old guy and he just, 
never gets in a hurry, and he's, he's calm, clad, and, and cool, and collective, and got it all together, and, and everybody around him's like, ah, and he's just like, yeah, man, it's all, it's all right, it's going to be all right, just, just calm down. I just envisioned that in my mind. You got all these people everywhere he went hollering out his name and, and yelling for healing and, and yelling for forgiveness and, and knowing who he is and just wanting to touch the hem of his robe. And he took time for all of them. In Luke 10, starting in verse 25, I'm going to read for a little bit, but these are the, these are the stories to give us guidance, to give us knowledge, to give us direction. God's word is, is beneficial. Starting in verse 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, saying, A certain man went down from Jerusalem into Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I picture this all the time. You're headed to church, got the family loaded up, there's somebody with a flat tire on the side of the road, ain't got time, late for church. We have to slow down and realize what God might have for us. Your idea of church that morning, even if you missed everything, you might have got to witness to somebody that had never heard of Christ while you're laying, sweating on the pavement, putting on a spare tire. I got the opportunity to do that one time. And it was such an amazing thing. And I was headed home from work, and this lady was on the side of this corner. It was a really bad spot, so I helped her. We pushed her car into a driveway. And as I was laying there, covered in, in dirt, it was so nasty, and I was sweating, which I sweat doing anything, so then it makes dirt, you know, makes mud. And uh, so anyway, you, you get the gist of things, and, and she's standing back there, back there smoking, and, and uh, she gets an alcoholic beverage out of her cooler while I'm changing this tire. And uh, it was quite the scene, and she's sitting back there, and she's, you know, doing this number. And I started asking her some questions. I was just talking about God. I was, she's, you know, well, you're the only person that stopped. I'm like, yeah, you know, I said, to be honest with you, five years ago, you'd have been on your own. I, w I wouldn't have stopped. Ain't got time for that. I got a family waiting at home for me, dinner. I said, five years ago, I wouldn't have stopped. I said, I'm different because now I've got God in my life, and he told me that you needed help. Pretty soon, she kind of walks around the back of her car, and she, she tucks, tucks her beverage in the back end of her car, hoping maybe that I hadn't seen her. And she's still sitting here doing this. And, and uh, so I just kept on visiting with her. And, and pretty soon, she put out her cigarette. And she's like, yeah, my grandpa is a pastor, and I grew up in church, and and it just, I just really fell away, and I just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on a downward spiral. And I was like, man, I, I get it. And she's like, well, I'm, you know, I just, I'm in a really bad relationship anyway. It was this whole, whole deal. And I'm, I'm like, there was a, a lug nut stuck, and I am like cranking on this dude. And so while she's talking, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, you know. And I'm really trying to listen, but I'm trying not to fail as a man. I don't want her to pull my man card. And uh, after, I get, after I finally get it broke loose by standing on it, that's a lot of force. If you, I mean, it's just a lot of force. And I get the tire changed, and now we're just standing there visiting. And she's like, you know, 
I could remember a time when I accepted Christ as my Savior. And she said, I was a changed person too. She said, but here I am. I, I don't get it. I said, man, life happens. Don't beat yourself up and get it. But I said, guess what? Today's a new day. Tomorrow's another new day. We try to get better. We try to do better. I said, and eventually, you know, we, we may end up doing things we never thought we would do because the relationship and the time we spent building a relationship with God, she's like, you know what? You're right. This was on a Friday. She's like, I think I may get back in church on Sunday. She said, my grandpa's still, still preaching, and he's preaching this Sunday. I said, man, I think that'd be a great spot. And I said, I guarantee you, no matter what you've been through, your grandpa's going to be happy to see you. And she's like, I know he will be. But those are the opportunities that we can't let pass by. And every time I think about this, when the priest that came that way, he went and he saw him, and he just passed on by him to the other side. He was too busy. In verse 32, it says, And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came, looked on him, and passed by on the other side. This dude even stopped and acknowledged the fact that he was there. He just came and looked at him. And he was like, huh? How many times have we done that, though? I'm guilty. You stop and you look at a situation. You're like, yeah. Eh. <laughs> I don't really need all that in my business right now. I've got plenty of things going on. In verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as they journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And when he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he had departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. You know, it's a funny picture that's painted right here. And the fact that you've got two good people, you've got a priest and you've got a Levite. These were, these were men of God. And then you've got a Samaritan. And so the Samaritan stopped and he not only gave of his, his time, he gave of his, his goods, he gave of his, he said he poured oil in it. What else? And wine. And then gave him a ride on his own animal. He didn't just stop and throw some money at him. He took time. He bound up his wounds. And he took of his own things. And he poured his own things into this man he didn't even know. How many times in the last month have we taken time not only to put our financial things in the offering plate for the kingdom of God but to put in our time and our assets and our love and our compassion a lot of times we think that we can just buy it off with money and if I donate enough money I'm good people out there do not need your money as much as they need your time this world would be a completely different place if we gave less money and more time Brother Bruce always told me he, he, he would get to laughing because we had a lot of things going on at Pontiac and we were fixing to start this big, huge youth building, this huge project and this undertaking. And I was, I'm always, I don't know, I like to think the best of people. And I'm like, yeah, we're just getting, you know, so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And we're, yeah, we're going to rock this thing. He's like, I'll tell you this. He said, I, I'm not trying to discourage you, but he said, I'm going to open your eyes to something. He said, you can give people options. He said, you can tell people they can either give of their money or give of their time. And he said, I can assure you, you will have way more money than you will have of their time. And he said, you're going to be standing alone there with a hammer and a basket full of money that's doing you no good. 
And so it's a funny realization, but it's sad and the same. These are God's children. We are God's children. Yeah, sure, we want to give financially, and that's a great thing. And God can use money. I'm not saying that he can't. It takes money to operate. But I'm saying if you see a person sitting there with a flat tire, giving them five bucks isn't going to change their tire. This dude was half dead laying there. He couldn't have got anywhere to give anybody anything for his help. He would have died right there with that money in his hand. But this dude gave of his time. He gave compassion and he gave love. And I don't know about you guys, I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm not going to be all up in somebody else's cuts and wounds. I, you know? And so when I look at that, he said he dressed his wounds. He took time. He cleaned them out. He dumped oil and wine in them and dressed them. Luke 10, starting in verse 38. I love how these are back to back, by the way. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Like, man, I'm, I'm doing everything here, and she's just sitting here listening to you. Tell her that she needs to get up and help. My kids do that a lot, by the way. One will be like, hey, this, my brother's not helping me. You tell him to get in there and help me. That's funny. That's a different story, though, another time. It says, verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Yes, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate it. You, just, you know, you're taking care of me and there are these things. But you're troubled about so many things. You know, you're, you're looking about doing good. You're doing good by, by serving. This is a good thing. But you're missing out on the great thing that I have for you. And that is my word. And that is a relationship with me that the world will never be able to take it away from you. This food and these dishes and this house and everything that you have that you're worried about serving me with is all temporal and can go away at any time. But your sister is sitting here listening to me talk and developing a relationship with me. And these things are eternal. This is eternal. You're, you're looking about good things. You're, you're doing good things, but you're missing out on the one great thing that I have for you and that's a relationship with me so I ask you today do you have a standing relationship with Jesus Christ if you don't you are banking everything that you have on temporal things they're earthly things that will go away if you don't harness that relationship with Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior you will never have eternal things. Everything that you have will go away at some juncture, but when you take the time and you build a relationship with Christ, you now have eternal things that the world cannot take away from you. This relationship, relationships in general, take time. You younger ones don't know a whole lot about the opposite sex right now, but the older ones, especially the people like, like Nancy and Bob that have been married for a long time and both of them are still alive, nobody died yet. <laughs> Which means that they've worked out and worked through a few arguments here and there, I'm sure. Relationships take time if you want to have a good one. Relationships take your effort. You have to give of yourself. 
So when we talk about doing good things, we can do all kinds of good things for the kingdom of God. But if you lose your first love, you've lost everything. Your relationship with God is first and foremost and the most important. He says to her in verse 42, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. To have eternal life in heaven, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. One thing is needful. That is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I come up with four different things. It was mainly for myself, but then... When I looked at it, I was like, wow, that wasn't me. That was a God thing. Um, But when we think about our relationship, one thing that came to my mind is is we're pursuing a transformation. We want to be changed. I don't want to be the same man I was in my early 20s. That man was out for himself. He was selfish. He done what he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it, and it didn't wholly matter who he hurt. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you pursuing transformation in your walk with Christ? Do you want to be changed? Do you want to evolve? Do you want to be new? Are you willing to sacrifice the old you? The old things that you thought were important because God has placed new things in your path that he wants you to take up and take a hold on? But guess what? To pick up new things, you've got to lay down old things. That's not always easy to do. It's easy to talk about, but that's a real trial. And we're growing. We're transforming. We want to become Christ-like. That should be every Christian's goal. Once you accept Christ as your Savior, you want to become more like Him in every fashion. As you walk, as you talk, as you think, as you sleep and rest, everything, you want to conform more and more to be Christ-like. And so it's a growing process, it's a, it's a transforming process, but these things take time. These things take time, you can't, you can't beat yourself up over not happening overnight. Which leads me to my next point. Real growth sometimes takes a lot of time. Real growth sometimes takes a lot of time. Now, we, we made an exception to it this morning looking at Paul. You know, he was kind of like that. It was boom. And God can still do that. I'm not saying that he can't. My own personal relationship has taken me a lot of time to get to this point where I'm at now. I've focused on a lot of different things in my life, and not all of them were good until I started truly seeking and diligently looking towards God. Real growth takes time. Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and goodliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are giving unto his exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's saying, listen, you've got to grow out of that. You're in the world, but you're not to be of the world, and you've got to grow out of the world. You've got to grow towards me. You've got to build towards me. We talked about building on the foundation with Christ as the cornerstone. You've got to build. You've got to allow God to build you, and sometimes that takes a tearing down to be rebuilt stronger. Sometimes there's a breaking process. Sometimes we are not allowing God to build us, so he has to break us so that we can come back stronger, that we can come back better, that we can come back more Christ-like. Amen? 
Verse 5, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That relationship grew and it grew and it grew and it says once you get this, add this. And once you get this, you add this. And once you get this, add this. And when you get there, which we talked about also, we'll never be perfect down here. But we're building towards that pinnacle that when we die, we get to receive our crown of righteousness because through Christ's blood, we are made whole. We are made perfect when we let go of this flesh and are entering into his glory. And it's only done through the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I believe it's also important, point three, to set goals. And as you go along, these goals might have to change and adapt to your walk with God. You have to set goals. I was, I was t- reading about this one guy that, that had set goals to, he was going to take the first year and he was going to inventory how many books he read in the first year. And so he got to the end of that first year and he's like, all right, next year I'm going to read more books. That was his goal. He wanted to read more books. Well, he got to the end of that year, mission accomplished, but he realized in that year he just chose shorter books. Okay, kind of defeated the purpose on that one, right? And so the next year, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to measure it by pages. How many pages I read. That way, the book length doesn't matter. I'm going to go by pages. He said, as I got to the end of that year, I was fairly impressed with the number of pages I read, but I couldn't hardly recall any of the information that was on those pages. And it was all about getting the, through the pages. Get through them, get through them. I want to read more pages and more pages and more pages. And then finally, he was like, you know what? I don't care about how many books I read. I don't care about how many pages I read. I want to have a firm grasp and understanding of everything that I read. Whether that takes me three days because I keep reading the same page because I'm not quite getting it or if I can go through two pages in one day it doesn't matter I want to understand and I want to be able to form the things that I'm reading who's guilty of sitting down in their Bible time and just reading because you want to get through the Bible in a year because that was your goal and then you look back and you're like I don't even have a clue what I read this morning oh well that was my goal and I got there It's not about how many times you can read the Bible in a year. It's about what's on the pages. It's about letting the Holy Spirit guide and walk you through these things. Because there's some stories that you'll read over and over and over again. And you'll get something different every time you read it. It's about getting what's on the pages. Not how many times you read it. Goals are great, but they have to be adapted to what your feeling what your walk is and I think instead of doing a quantity goal you should do a quality goal finally the last one and I kind of touched on it already true relationships take time they take sacrifice and they require your attention If you want to have a good, healthy, long-lasting relationship, and that's with anybody or anything, it takes time. You've got to pour yourself into it. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to seed it. You've got to water it. You've got to take time in keeping these relationships. They take time. God wants 
our time. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to say hi in the morning. He wants us to say good night at night. He wants us to talk to him before we eat. He wants to have a long-lasting, standing relationship with his children that never goes away, that's never hindered by anything. That is, he would be the one that we would seek first in everything. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent that we would go to God and we would say, Hi, God, it's me again. And he's not going to be one of those people that's like, Ah, not him. He's going to take up too much of my time. God is never going to say that. God has got all the time in the world for you. Do we have all the time in the world for him? Are we taking all the time that we have in this world, which is all temporal, and are we giving it to him? Are we seeking him in everything that we do? Do we desire a better relationship? Do we desire a stronger relationship? Do we desire a deeper walk with thee? I believe that if the church and God's children had more desire for God, that this world would be a different place. If we took time to cultivate and focus on the things that mattered, the things that mattered, that's what we have to realize. What are the things that matter? God or Jesus told them there's one thing that matters. And I believe that he was saying that relationship with me is the one thing that matters. Everything else is going away. We'll lose houses. We'll lose cars. We'll lose money. We'll lose family members. It doesn't make it easy. But it lets us know that these things are all temporal and our relationship with Jesus Christ has become eternal and that we've got to focus on him and what he has for us in our everyday because then this world, as we all shift our focus, not to this world, but to what God has, all of a sudden, this world becomes less effective, and God becomes more effective. It has to do with us, and if we're willing to take time to develop our relationship with the risen Savior, God our Father, and allowing the Spirit to move inside of us, not quenching the Spirit, but allowing it free reign to take and use us as we need to be used. If you would please stand with me as we open up the altars today. I believe, myself included, that there is a lot of people. There's a lot of people today that need to reassess their timeline and reassess their values and what we're putting focus on. I don't believe that families are falling apart at record rates because we've got the right focus. I believe that our focus needs to be redirected towards a loving God and he will take care of the rest. As we open up the altars today, if nothing else, examine yourself. Be true to yourself. I'm not here dogging anybody, but this is what the Lord has been trying to show me so it's deep on my heart because I need to change. I need your guys' prayers because I need to change. I need to reevaluate my life so that I can be better for you guys, so that I can be a better father, that I can be a better husband, that I could be a better pastor, that he would redirect my life, that I could be a better child of the King. I'm sure that I'm not the only one in this boat. I need help with the way I manage my time. I need help in my relationship with my Savior because He sacrificed everything. He shed His blood it poured out. I believe that through Christ I can be better. I believe that through Christ, all of us can be better for one another. Because if we start seeking what he would have for us first, what he has for us first, we're going to have that peace inside of us where we don't bite others' heads off, that we don't condemn each other for being different, that we would spend our time talking positively to each other because we're seeking God and we want others to know the love that we have for our God and Christ, our Savior.
These are the things that we need to see in our life, not the amount of money or how big the house is or what car you drive. But my gosh, I want a relationship with Christ like he has because he's taking this life and through the power of what God has, he's owning it. And look at everything falling into place. He has nothing and he is so happy about a God who pulled him out of the wretches of sin. Today is that day when we can step back and we can say, God, God, I need you. I need you to take my time and I need you to point it in the right direction because I can't do it on my own. I'm messing up. God, help me. Help me seek you better. Help me seek you more often. God, help me learn your word. God, I need to know you. we had a better concept of God's timeline I know we would be all in but he asked us to walk by faith and not by sight I don't know about you all but I could use a little more faith every now and then now is that time the altars are open has truly blessed us. Um, I'm just so thankful. I, I pray that we can continue to, to move towards him as we walk, each and every person in here. And I hope we realize how important that is. Sometimes I, I feel like we take for granted the importance that our walk is, not only for ourselves and our families, but for those that don't know. To be selfish enough to think that your life doesn't impact those around you is 
It's just a very selfish thought. Your life matters. Your life matters to not only your family, but your life matters to other people. A couple announcements before we break huddle here. Um, See you at the poll is at 7 on Wednesday. Uh, They do it at both grade school and the high school. A.M., 7.30 a.m. at the flagpole in front of the high school. And I, do they do it? Who's grade school teacher? Anybody? Do they do it inside, outside? They do it outside? Why? I got grade school kids sitting right up here, right over the top. <laughs> um, that is a wonderful event. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. It's, it's a fantastic opportunity to not only show our community what we're all about, but guys to give support to our students that are loving on the Lord, to show them that they're not alone, that we will stand with them, that we will pray for them, we will pray over them, we will pray beside them. It's, it's, it's a really fantastic and important opportunity. Um, also, Fall Festival next Sunday, right? Okay. Next Sunday after, after services, we're just going to have a quick, if you're interested in volunteering to help with Fall Festival, that is on the same night as Truck or Treat. We give an alternative to that, and we have games, and we have food. And they said the last year we had like 400 people. So, I mean, this is a big deal. It takes bodies to put this on. If we don't have at least 20 volunteers, we can't operate, guys. So, Next weekend, we're looking. If you want to be involved, get with Kelly. Let her know. But mainly, we're trying to meet after service just to see how many people we've got to whether we can even put it on or not. And so next Sunday, we'll visit that. Uh, There was something else. Oh, we are canceling services tonight. We've hooted and hollered and, and wore ourselves out. I've got a boy that's half sick and... Uh, I had to yell at a wedding yesterday. It wasn't mean, but just so people could hear me. Um, my voice is kind of raspy, and I'm feeling sinusy today. So uh, we're going to cancel services tonight to let everybody get some rest. I know there's several people out and going to be gone too. So we're going to let everybody be at their families this evening. Is there anything else that I'm missing? We do have choir practice at 3.30. Choir practice at 3.30. Yes. Yes, we're still looking for more teachers on Wednesday night. If God is pulling on your heart, get with Missy, Annette, um, Julie. We're, we're growing on Wednesday night, guys. It's, it's awesome. We started out with, what, six or seven? And last week we had... I had she had 15 in her... We had 14 on the We had 20 kids last Wednesday night, so we went for six or seven to 20. So you can imagine that the, the ladies that are teaching those classes are getting a little overrun and to to better serve our kids guys we need we need help we want people that that have a longing and a a calling to teach kids and help help develop them and and discipling them and telling them about God guys we've got some kids that are coming that have never heard about God and they're hearing about it for the first time and there's more coming I believe in my heart there's more coming so be praying about it I know I know God won't give us kids without giving us a teacher I'm just praying that that teacher's not sitting there saying no Okay, because we have that option. Don't say no. I'm just saying, be there on Wednesday night. We'll at least feed you. You'll get food first. You don't have to fix supper. To be honest with you, that's, that's the reason we started going one of them on Wednesday nights out of Pontiac, because we didn't have to fix supper for our kids that night. I'm not going to lie. That's, that is a total confession that we didn't have to fix supper that night, so we went to church. I know it's bad, but hey, it, it started something. It, it started something. There's a start to everything, guys. And if we can get a kid in here because that's the only hot meal they get during a week, that's what we want. That's what we want, right? So. That's with the church in general. Okay. If anybody has it on their heart to start helping, get with somebody. It is truly a blessing. We started out, God pulled us to start teaching a Sunday school class um, 
we taught fourth through sixth grade, and I can assure you that we learned way more than what they did. Um, it is truly a blessing. It, it absolutely is. And, and working with kids and adults alike, I mean, the, the adults have a Bible study on Wednesday night, and we always have great fellowship and, and discussion over God's Word. And, and it's just about devoting that time, guys. I know that we're busy. We've, we're running every night of the week, too. Um, but it's a matter about what's important. And we got to start prioritizing in this in this fallen world. I heard just one quick story. I know you guys are ready to get, but I heard a testimony at Hooten and Hollern um, from a lady that I know that most of you know. I'm not going to go into detail because I'm going to try to get her here to share it. Um, but the time's coming, guys. It's getting it's getting short. We need to realize what's happening, and we we've, we've got to go after the lost. We've got to go after the lost. We've got to start making a difference in this world. It's time for the children of God to start being children of God. It's time for us to get after it. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic testimony, but I'm going to let her share it. Anybody got anything else? Brother Jerry, would you like to dismiss us in a word of prayer?